welcome to CXO, a magical podcast to help you serve better and concoct experiences that are superlative in nature. I'm your host, Supriya Sharma, bringing to you in each episode didactic nuggets so you can get inspired to sprinkle stardust in your company, your home, and the community on the whole. Let's welcome on our show today, Dan Kingis, who's an international keynote speaker and customer experience coach who believes that a remarkable customer experience is your best marketing strategy. His 20-year professional career spent multiple disciplines, including customer experience, marketing, social media, and customer service. He held leadership positions at McDonald's, Discover, and Humana. Dan is the author of The Experience Maker, How to Create Remarkable Experiences That Your Customers Can't Wait to Share. And this is the book which was released very, very recently in September 2021. He's also the author of Winning at Social Customer Care, How Top Brands Create Engaging Experiences on Social Media. Not to miss out, he hosts the Experience This Show podcast and The Experience Maker Show. Dan earned a BA in Psychology and Communications from the University of Pennsylvania and an MBA in Marketing from the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University. Brilliant, Dan. We are so excited to have you on our show today. Welcome on CXO. Well, thank you. I am honored to be here. Looking forward to the conversation. (laughs) Since our show is all about customer experiences and the experiences of those who are delivering those remarkable experiences, I read somewhere in your introduction that uh, you've been associated with McDonald's. And I also read that you had a very interesting story about delivering a pizza to Michael Jordan. So could you relate those two for us? Sure, you know, it's funny. I've had the pleasure of traveling all over the world. And whenever I tell people I'm from Chicago, almost immediately the first two words that come out of their mouths are Michael and Jordan. Uh, Even now, even all these years later. And so, uh, when I was in high school, I delivered pizzas for Domino's. That was my my uh, summer and vacation job. And uh, Mr. Jordan was actually a very frequent orderer of Domino's pizza. And so there was an occasion where I uh, answered the phone, took his order, he placed his own order, I made his pizza and I got to deliver it to him. And uh, interesting customer experience moment there I had been told by the other drivers that you could either ask for an autograph and he would give you one or he would give you a really nice tip. And when he opened the door, I immediately noticed that he was sort of nervous. He was looking over my head, not just because he's tall, but because he was looking for camera people and others that might be disturbing him. And it was at that moment that I realized this was not the right time to ask for an autograph. So I took the very generous tip and I still got the story all these years later. So it was well worth it. (laughs) Cool. And uh, just talking about the food industry as such, we talked about McDonald's, we talked about Domino's and many smaller outlets coming out there these days, especially with the COVID and the internet boom coming and it's so easy to place your orders online and you can just 
place an order and get your thing delivered to you very simple now in this era of online business there are so many small businesses also that have boomed in and there's a lot of competition out there so how do you think customer experience can be a tool or rather a strategy for differentiating from the competition i actually think it is the last true differentiator. And here's why. Competing on price has become a loser's game. It's it's a race to the bottom, right? So I lower my prices, as you lower your prices, yeah. we keep going down until we're giving the products away. Competing on product or service has become also very difficult because so much is commoditized. Let's face it, if I don't eat at your restaurant, I can eat at a thousand other restaurants. So that in itself is not unique. What's left then is customer experience. And one of the big reasons why I come back to your restaurant is not just because the food is really good, but because I have a great experience, because you treat me well, because you remember my name or you remember my order, because you do the little things. And for the book, I actually talked to a uh, an iron chef, somebody who's become a, who is an iron chef and top chef, uh, Stephanie Izard. And I asked her, because she is also an entrepreneur, she runs, I don't know how many restaurants she has, but many. And I said, what's more important, the food or the experience? And she responded back that she thought that they were 50-50, equally important. And I thought that was coming from a chef. I thought that was really saying a lot because I expected her to say, oh, it's all in the food, right? Mm -hmm. but, she even, but she understands, and, and this is why she's so successful as an entrepreneur, that if you have great food, but you have terrible service, nobody's coming back. And likewise, if you have great service, but the food's terrible, <laughs> nobody's coming back. You have to do both of them really well. Okay, so as a company, what, what can we do to make sure that our customers are wowed every time we serve them or every time they're like, oh, wow, this company is something else. So my question is, uh, how can we do it? And in fact, before we get to how can we do it, is it even possible to wow your customers every single time they come to you? You know, I'm not even sure that that has to be the goal, that you have to wow them every single time. I do think that you have to deliver a high level of consistent service, a consistently high level of service. Mm -hmm. And I think you've got to wow them on occasion, enough times that they sort of remember why they love doing business with you. I'll give you a quick example. I used to stay at a hotel in Louisville, Kentucky. And Louisville, Kentucky is known as the bourbon capital of the world. That's where they make most of the world's bourbon whiskey. Hmm. There was a hotel that I stayed at that instead of leaving a mint on your pillow, they would sometimes leave a miniature like airport airline bottle of, of bourbon. Now they didn't do it every time. They did it occasionally. And so it was kind of this moment of anticipation. And yeah, sometimes I was a little disappointed if I didn't get one, but man, when I got one, it really felt like something special. And so I do think that it is important that we wow our customers. I don't think you have to wow them every single transaction, but you do have to be consistently good every single transaction. Because again, as I mentioned before, switching costs are so low today, it is so easy to find another provider. And if you're not treating me well as a customer, why should I stick around? And in terms of how to do it, I think it starts with really, really understanding your customer. And so few companies take the time to talk with their customers. 
I don't mean sending out a survey. I mean talking to them on the phone or on a Zoom call or in real life, exchanging words, asking how you're doing, asking what people like about doing business with you and asking what they don't like and be willing to take that feedback, the good, the bad and the ugly, because it's going to make you better. And what I found is when you ask people for opinions, man, you sure get them, right? It's the companies that don't bother asking that tend to not know where they stand with their customers. So I suggest that you spend more time talking with your customers. And last point on that is think about as companies get bigger, they actually try to spend less time talking to their customers, right? They try to reduce their customer service cost and, and they are tracking things like average handle time and they want their agents to get off the phone. And my argument is you should want to be on the phone with your customers. You should want to talk with them, especially if they want to talk with you. Mm -hmm. And is that also part of saying that the traditional marketing no more works? Yeah, I definitely think that. And I was a marketer for 20 years. And before I go work on another email campaign or another social media campaign, I would much rather focus on creating a remarkable experience for my existing customers. If we spent even a fraction of the money that we spend on sales and marketing on our existing customers, we would keep a lot more of them. They would spend more. And probably most importantly, they would refer us to their friends. So when you create remarkable experiences, your customers become your salespeople. They become the, your best ambassadors. And we all know that it is a lot better when someone else is saying nice things about us than when we're saying nice things about ourselves, right? It's far more credible. So to me, that's the very best form of marketing today. Mm -hmm. In your book, The Experience Maker, you mention a term called the leaky bucket. Now, could you decode it for us? Sure. So every company has a leaky bucket. These are customers that are leaving you and generally they're not telling you why. And sometimes it's just a drip, drip, drip in the leaky bucket. And sometimes it starts to get a little bit bigger. Right. And the idea is, is that if you can stop that leaky bucket, that is just as effective of, of growing your business as bringing on new customers. After all, if we spend a lot of money to bring on a new customer just so they eventually leave us, then we've wasted all of that acquisition money. And again, this comes back to we're not spending enough time or attention on our existing customers. So when we plug that leaky bucket, we get our customers to stay longer, which in and of itself is going to have a big impact on their lifetime value. Generally, we're going to get them to spend more. And as I said, we're going to get them to refer others. So think about if you take all three of those things towards the average value of a customer, now you've really increased that quite a bit. And Dan, when you talk about our customers becoming our brand ambassadors, what percentage of share or rather uh, how strong is the role that social media plays there? Sure. Well, I, the, when I talk about remarkable experiences, which is part of the title of the book, remarkable literally means worthy of remark, worthy of discussion. Where do people tend to talk about their experiences? Well, sure, in person, we talk about them at a cocktail party or dinner, mm -hmm. but we also then go to social media and that's where we really talk about our experiences. And one of the big concepts in the book is some research that found that people are actually more willing to share positive experiences than negative experiences. Mm -hmm. Now that seems kind of backwards because all you have to do is stroll through Twitter or Facebook and you see a whole lot of complaints about companies. The reason though is 
that if you ask the average consumer, they cannot remember the last time that a brand exceeded their expectations. So while they want to share positive experiences, they don't have very many positive experiences to share. And of course, this is circular. That's why positive experiences cause sharing because we don't have very many of them. And so to me, that's the opportunity for companies to get people talking about you positively in, in social media, which again, is that holy grail world word of mouth marketing that we're all after hmm. and thanks for bringing in that point of uh, what the customers do really like to share because it is an issue that a number of professionals and a number of companies face is to understanding the customers what is it that the customers like to share is it the negative experience that they've had or a positive experience that they've had it's, it's quite labyrinthine that way so is, is there a trick to understand your customer that way that you would like to share with us well, first of all, I should clarify, people want to share both positive and negative experiences. What they don't share is an average experience. So if your experience is the same as everybody else's, they're never gonna talk about you, either good or bad, because you're just average. So the idea is stop doing the bad things that cause them to want to share and start doing the good things. I'm all about positivity and, uh, and creating great experiences for customers because those they definitely want to share. One tip that I would offer your audience uh, that I think is a great way to really roll up your sleeves is become a customer of your own company. It's amazing how few leaders and employees actually do this. And what do I mean by that? If you have a website, I want you to try logging into your own website or purchasing something from your own website. In fact, I want you to try forgetting your password because usually that is a terrible experience. So let's see how you're treating your customers when they forget their password. The reality is we're all consumers in our real life, so we know what we like and we know what we don't like. The amazing thing is, is even though we know those things, we often do things to our customers that we don't like when other companies do to us. And so becoming a customer of your own company will start to expose some of those things. And then I always suggest you take a two-pronged approach. The first is get rid of all of the pain points, get rid of the barriers, the times that you're standing in the way of your customer. Do you really need that pop-up ad on your website? Because your customer wants to go this direction and you're trying to stop them and have them go a different direction. As a customer, that's frustrating. Prong two then is find the opportunities to really stand up, to go above the average experience and to stand out from the competition, creating those positive experiences. And where does the Wiser model come in there? So Wiser is my methodology for creating the types of experiences that people want to share. And the first four letters of WISE is it stand for witty, immersive, shareable, and extraordinary. And these are four facets of experiences that get them to be to that point where people want to say, I got to tell somebody about this. Or think about the last time you, without even thinking, reached for your phone and took a picture of something because you wanted to share it. That feeling is a feeling that almost all companies can create, but you have to be really intentional about it. Then the R in Wiser is about being responsive because when people start sharing more positive things about you, you got to be part of that conversation. As you mentioned in the intro, I'm a keynote speaker. Now, if I get off the stage and somebody runs up to me and says, man, that was the best presentation of the whole event. 
and I just keep walking past them and I don't acknowledge them, they're going to think I'm rude. Mm -hmm. But that's what companies do every day. They ignore all of the happy customers, the brand lovers, the, the fans that are talking about them. And to me, that is such a missed opportunity to engage with people who are taking time out of the day, using their own social capital to say nice things about your company. So being responsive is a key part of this as well. So, so I was just wondering, uh, how, how is the idea of doing, I know you just mentioned before a few minutes that stop doing the bad things that you're doing, but <laughs> just a naughty idea came to my mind. How, how about doing bad things to get that attention on social media, to capture people's attention as a brand? What do you have to say yeah. about that? Uh, generally, that's not going to be terribly successful. Um, you know, there is that old uh, saying about uh, publicity, you know, no publicity is bad publicity. I don't think that's true anymore. And I do think some companies have done some really dumb things that have kind of gotten them made fun of in social media or really gotten some negative attention on them. I don't know why a company would want to do that. Um, again, I think especially in the world we live in today, in the midst of a hopefully the ends of a pandemic, people are looking for positivity. People want positivity in their lives and having a great experience with a company is something that you want to share with others because we want because we inherently want to spread positivity absolutely makes sense positivity lies at the at the bottom of all the relationships and everything that we share with the community and the globe that that's brilliant but but how do we design a rich digital experience for our customers then so again with digital the first thing is make it simple. Hmm. We try to make things way too complicated. And we think we have to, for example, explain everything to a customer on the, the first moment that they're a customer, mm -hmm. right? Instead of sort of training them over time. We uh, we use way too many words. We, we explain things in way too many words and we often use complex words. Maybe they're industry terms or they're acronyms that we know, but our customers don't know. So start with the way that you communicate. That's a huge way to simplify. And then also take a look at how easy or difficult it is to accomplish a task. If something takes three clicks or taps, try to figure out how to make it two. If it takes two, try to figure out how to make it one. And I even had an experience at Discover Card where we made it zero. And the example there was that we figured out the number one reason for people coming to the website was to review their recent transactions. They wanted to look at their receipts and make sure they matched up to the transactions that the credit card had documented. Well, it took about three clicks to actually get to that spot on the website. So we brought in a like a Facebook type feed onto the homepage. So as soon as people logged in, one of the first things they saw was their last 10 transactions. And something amazing happened when we did that. We got millions of customers to log in and then log right back out. They didn't click on anything. And what we found was satisfaction scores went way up because we gave customers exactly what they wanted. We didn't stand in their way. We didn't make it difficult. In fact, we made it as simple as possible. Just put in your name and password. Here's your transactions you can leave now, which is exactly what we knew they wanted to do. And I, I remember having a conversation with my team in which I said pretty bluntly, nobody wakes up in the morning wanting to come to their credit card website. Like that's not a desire that anybody has. So if they have to come, they want to come and be done with it quickly. 
And we should do everything we can to facilitate that. That's a million dollar point, making things simple. However, in order to fascinate people or in order to sound trendy, we tend to make things complicated. But the point here is making things simple. Absolutely. That's our takeaway. And one last question I'd like to ask you here is, uh, why do you think, or rather, do you think there is a necessity to have the position or the role of a customer officer or rather a chief customer officer in an organization? Does that really help to solidify the executive leadership in a way? I, I do. I think it's a very critical role in today's business. And here's why. You can try to convince people that customer experience is everybody's job. And I do think that you should create a culture where employees actually do feel that and they feel empowered to improve the customer experience at every point. But you need somebody who is going to view the customer journey from above and see all of the connection points and the handoffs and the moments where we tend to create an unexpectedly difficult experience even when we're not trying to. Think of a B2B company that has a sales team. Well, we know that people buy from people that they like. So they buy from this salesperson that they really like. And then what happens? The salesperson hands them off to a different department and says, okay, well now, now account management is gonna take care of you or customer success is gonna take care of you. Mm -hmm. And the customer is like, hold on a second. I liked you, that's why I'm buying from you. Where are you going? Well, the salesperson's off to another sale. And the reality is that's not a good way to start the relationship with the customer. So you need somebody who can view that transition from above and say, hey, you know what? What if we had the salesperson stick with the new customer for 90 days? And yeah, the account management team can come in and, and onboard them and do all the things they do. But let's make sure this customer knows that their salesperson is going to be there for them if they have any questions, if they have any difficulties, so that we can easily them in and prevent buyer's remorse. So to me, that's the role of a customer experience officer, a chief experience, chief customer officer, somebody who sees every part of the organization, because as companies grow, they get siloed. And that sales team, they're only responsible for one thing, sales. They're not responsible for anything after that. So we have to have somebody that sees the whole picture. Dan, why don't you show us that remarkable book that you've written that we've been discussing all the information from here? There it oh. is, The Experience Maker, How to Create Remarkable Experiences that Your Customers Can't Wait to Share. It is available uh, on Amazon Worldwide mm -hmm. and hopefully anywhere else that you uh, enjoy buying books. Wow. We hope to create those kind of experiences that our colleagues and our friends, our family, relatives, everybody would like to share with their connections as an organization or on the personal level. Thanks so much, Dan, for being with us today. It's been really an honor to have this conversation. Thank you for having me. The pleasure is mine. CXO with your host, Supriya. I hope you enjoyed a dive into the nitty-gritty of customer experience. If you are committed to applying these ideas in the real world, stay tuned with me. Don't forget to check out all the links and resources in the show notes. That's all for this episode, folks. See you next time.